0: Well, I had a big, long, funny introduction, but I don't want to use any time. Please welcome the very cool Robbie Dawkins. It has been great to be here, great to be at this wonderful church. I'm telling you what, guys. If you do not appreciate your pastors, something's wrong. And... uh, uh, for those of you who don't appreciate them, just meet me out back. I'll beat you up. That's all there is to it. There's no other way around it. So that'll that'll cure that for you. Anyway, uh, it has been really good to be here, and just everybody's hospitality and kindness. I tell you what, it has really been uh, just wonderful uh, to be able to share in and and just to be here. And God is just, you know, really I. I I, I told Tom, I said, I just feel like this place is a powder keg. That the spirit is just, uh, it's just about to break loose in new ways, and in you. And that, that, I don't mean just like in a corporate sense, but I mean in you personally, and uh, just seeing that, you know, uh, what the Lord wants to do. It's just been incredible, you know, to be here and to be a part of it. And so, uh, anyway, thank you for having me, and and just for all the gracious kindness that you've shown us while we were here. Uh, Praise the Lord, thank you. A couple of of things, we've got a a table back there that has some resources, if you missed the conference, um, there's sort of a mini version of kind of what we were doing, it's not the whole thing, but I did uh, something sort of similar, Um, it's actually, I I actually think uh, this one was better, can I say that, is that all right? Is that bad, um, but I did one at the, um, at the Columbus Vineyard, uh, and uh, about, I think that was about two years ago, but uh, we did a, a conference there called the Come Holy Spirit Conference, and it's a uh, two-DVD set, and you can kind of see the healing and stuff like that, and things we were doing here. Also, I, I brought this because I knew you had the oasis for the young people coming up, but if you missed the oasis a couple of years ago, I did it. And uh, I did two, uh, two messages there uh, talking about, and this is particularly directed towards uh, young people, and uh, is can God use me to do miracles today? And basically, um, it's just, you know, equipping them and, and things like that. This has been, I've heard from a lot of parents just how helpful uh, this has really been. But we got several things back there. We've got Uh, only three of the Father of Lights deluxe versions of the DVDs left. And and if you haven't seen Father of Lights, I'm just going to tell you, did anybody get one like over the weekend and then watch it last night? Anybody watch it last night? It was, what would you think? Wow. Wow, Wow, yeah. It is really, really powerful. And it's such an empowering uh, movie and... um, uh guy who's at the end of the movie, uh, my friend Todd White, he called me last night And we were just talking just about how many people that we've heard feedback from That have just been really impacted And so it is, it will give you a sense of permission to go pray for people And see just God do crazy things I mean it's been incredible just the feedback of those But we have those back there for you And uh, this goes to help us being able I'm trying to do a, a conference in... Um, in India, for all of Asia, for all of the, it's uh, going to be uh, bringing pastors from all over Asia. We got pastors uh, coming from Iran, pastors coming from uh, Afghanistan, and and many closed countries throughout Indonesia uh, coming to be a part and kind of converging. Normally, the Vineyard has a Asia Summit there, but we're actually they've allowed me to invite a whole other group of people, and we're trying to bring those and. Uh, in addition, and one of the things that helps with that is, uh, you know, missions offerings, but also uh, the product stuff at the table. So if you don't mind dropping by there, everything there is, is, is you know, helpful and equipping you, but also it goes to help equip people around the world. So just keep that in mind if you would. But it has been just so uh, great to be here and just so great to see just what God is doing here. Um, I, I, I have a lot of incredible stories to tell, and I'm, I'm so tempted to tell some right now, but I don't have enough time because I want to share something with you from Scripture. And we got to make this a legal meeting. We got to read from the Bible. Okay, I mean this is Ohio. You know what I'm saying? Chicago gloves are off. It's like whatever. But here, got No. Turn with me in your Bibles if you have it to Luke chapter five. If not, you can just listen to me. We're only going to read a short little bit. But uh, this is a powerful passage, and, and uh, I, I want to read this to you, and, 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 um, and then I want to uh, share something with you. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Every time Tom goes to the grocery store, that same thing happens. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's in the vegetable aisle and people just start pressing on him. Just teach me the word of, I mean, it's amazing. I, I, I was embarrassed to go to the store with him the other day because it's just like, you know, we're, 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 we're praying for that revival in our cities, aren't we to see that happen? Amen. So that's a prophetic word there for you, brother. Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus said to Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper. let down your nets, and catch some fish. Now, let me explain something to you. Most of us grew up in uh, Sunday school or catechism classes. We grew up, you know, hearing this. How many of you grew up in church? Raise your hand, whether you want wanted to or not. You know what I mean. I tell everybody I grew up having a drug problem. I got drugged to school. I got drugged to church. <laughs> I just grew up with a drug problem. But um, you know, it, growing up in a pastor's home, I mean, you were going to church no matter what, and it was and it was great. I thank God for that. You know, it was it, it laid foundation for my life. But one of the things that I've noticed is that. Uh, we've kind of have been inoculated to the power of the surprise of the story because we've heard it so many times. We've heard over and over and over again. We've heard these stories. We've seen, you know, depictions in movies and cartoons. We've seen things about it, you know. And so we've sort of been, uh, the surprise of this element, you know, has totally changed for us. Now, you have to understand, I I want to ask you to give me grace because I pastor in the hood, in my area, it's a poor urban area. I pastor in uh, East Aurora, Illinois, and uh, it's it's the hood. And so, you know, I have gang members, prostitutes, you know, drug dealers that come to my church and, you know, things like that. So you have to keep that in mind, and I have to kind of make things sort of simple, and so I'm going to ask you to give me grace. I don't have the eloquence that Tom has and, you know, just the ability to sort of just, you know incredibly break down and use big words to impress people. I mean, I don't have that. So mine is simple. Mine's simple language. And so you got to give me grace for that, okay? Will you give me grace to to do it. Because I'm going to retell this story how I think it possibly could have happened. Now, the problem is, though, is that we have been sort of inoculated to the surprise of the story because we've heard it so many times. And we've heard it over and over again. How many of you remember flannel graph? Remember flannel graph in church, you know, the blue flannel board and the, and the kind of cartoon characters or, 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 you know, animated characters that had, you know, had uh, corduroy backings that stuck to the flannel graph. And, you know, these young people today have no clue what I'm talking about. But I grew up with flannel graph. But see, my parents always pastored poor urban churches. And so we never had brand new flannel graph. We always had hand-me-down flannel graph. So I always thought Peter was an amputee. You know, his leg was torn off and my whole life I just thought Peter, you know, was an amputee. And so I was like, you know, he didn't have I didn't get it, why the loaves and fishes could happen, but Jesus couldn't pop out a leg for Peter. I didn't understand. And so you know what the new flannel graph is? Veggie Tails. Veggie Tales is replaced flannel graph, you know? And so anyway, so we would see these two pictures. We've seen those stories, we've heard it, we've watched the movies. So you and I have experienced this over and over so we know what's going to happen next in the story Now something that's really important is that we sort of look at the story as if we don't know what's going to happen next Because that's how they were living it They didn't know what was going to take place We sort of think Jesus just started off this day where he calls the disciples together He's like all right wake up come here let me tell you what's going to happen today Today we're going to Capernaum on our way to Capernaum I'm going to heal 368 people. It's going to be amazing. We'll multiply a little bit of food. We'll raise a couple of guys from the dead. It'll be great. Listen, we're going to go from there. About noontime, we're going to hit Samaria. I'm going to be hot, tired, hungry, and thirsty. And we're going to pull off beside this well. And I'm going to send you guys ahead to get food. I'm going to be sitting there by myself. There's a woman with a really bad reputation in town. She's going to come up and she's going to say, hey, you know, uh, she's going to give you water and I'm going to say, hey, will you give me a drink? And she's gonna say, Listen, you're Jew, I'm Samaritan. You're not supposed to be talking to me. Why are you even asking me for a drink? He says, I got water you don't know of. If you drink this water, if it becomes a part of you, it'll spring up like a wealth in you, and people are gonna drink from you. It's gonna be amazing. You guys are gonna come back about that time and go, what are you doing talking to the Samaritan woman? Are you crazy? She's Samaritan, you're a Jew, you're not supposed to be talking to each other. And I'm gonna say, Where's lunch? Let's just get to business here, let's eat lunch, and then we're gonna the whole village is gonna to come to me. It's gonna be mind-blowing. Everybody's gonna believe because of this woman with a bad reputation and then we're going to move on to Capernaum. We sort of think that's what Jesus sort of projected, you know, knew everything that was going to happen. I'm not even sure Jesus knew what was going to happen next. Because you have to remember that Jesus had set aside his superhero God powers in heaven. That's how I would say it in my church, you know, but remember I'm from the hood. It's superhero God powers in heaven and he came just like a man... You know, with no greater, no greater, you know, empowerment other than the power source that's available to you and I. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he comes here just like that. And so he's just like us. So, as far as we know, Jesus is taking risks in everything he does because he was here to model how we're supposed to be. So, with that in mind, let's take a look at the story from that perspective. So Jesus is standing at the shore, he's trying to preach. Anybody who is a public speaker knows if you don't have a sound system, you've got to get distance from your crowd because you've got to project to where they can hear you. And so he can't get that because he's on a beach and they're pushing up against him. So he climbs, he sees the boats, there's some fishermen over to the side, and they're cleaning their nets. And by, based on what we know of the rest of the story, they've been, they were cleaning their nets because they've been fishing all night long. How much fish have they caught? No fish. So they're over there cleaning the nets. Now work with me here. You're going to give me grace to retell the story the way I think it could have happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So G- there, Peter is over there. And how many of you have ever been around professional fishermen? They're kind of rough around the edges, a little foul mouth, a little rough. And I imagine Peter is over there. Get those nets clean. I can't believe this. Look at these nets. They're, they're a mess. What is that? A Coke can in there. Is that a flip-flop? Get that out of there. Get that bike tire out of there. I can't believe there's people throwing this where we try to fish. This is ridiculous. I hate these nets. I hate this boat. Why did I ever get into this business? We don't have any fish. I have to go home. My wife's going to say, where's the money? Where's the fish? And I'm going to say, we don't have any money. We don't have any fish. And my mother-in-law lives with us. (laughs) And she's going to say, I told you you should marry Barabbas. He's an accountant. He's bringing home a paycheck. I hate this job. Now, I know it doesn't say that. How many of you ladies know men forget details? You know, men skip details. I'll go on a five-day trip. My wife, I come home and she's like, she picks me up at the airport. Well, how was it? I tell her in five minutes what happened in five days. Remember, Luke's a man. Okay, so let's just pretend he left out some details. Now, about that time, Peter's furious... Jesus comes up and says, hey, Peter, would you lend me your boat? I imagine Peter turns and looks at him and says, you can have that stupid boat. I hate that boat. I hate these. Yes, please take it. I just want to see if I can sell it on eBay for five bucks. If not, chop it up for firewood. Yes, please take the boats. Jesus like, all right. He steps in the boats. He pushes a little out from the shore. And Jesus preaches. They just, when they get the nets, perfectly clean, hung up to dry, everything's done. They're ready to go home and sleep. Why? Because they've been fishing all night, the night before. Jesus looks at Peter and says, hey, Peter, let's go fishing. <laughs> I imagine Peter turns and looks at them and goes, you're not from around here, are you? This is the Middle East. We don't fish when the sun's up. When the sun comes up, the fish go down. They're cold-blooded creatures. Maybe you haven't heard that. But they go down low. You can't catch fish when the sun's up. It's not how it works here. You need to go build an armoire or something. You don't know anything about fishing. (laughs) But then Peter says something powerful. He says, but because you say so, we will. Because you say so, we will. Remember that. And all of a sudden, I, can you imagine Peter looking back at his crew and going, hey guys, let's go back out. I can imagine his crew looking at him and go, Peter, this is just crazy. What? You want us to get back? We haven't caught anything. And we especially won't now. The sun is up. There are no fish out there. This is nuts. Oh, come on, guys, just come out with me. You know I can't do this by myself. Peter, this is crazy. Why are you doing this for this guy? This is not Peter's deep-sea fishing tours. No! We want to go home, we want to get. Come on, guys, I'm going to give you extra tomorrow. Let's just get in the boat. I said because you say, so we will. Now, please get in the boats. And they're like, oh, okay. And so they start getting in the boats. So they load up the net, start pushing it out. Can you imagine all of Peter's buddies that are other fishermen buddies? Go on. Hey, Peter, what do you think you're doing? Going fishing. Peter, you think there's fish out there? No. Why are you going? Because I told him we would. Peter, this is nuts. Have you gone mad? You're going to go out there and drop the nets? You're going to have to clean the nets? Are you crazy? Yes, yes, yes. The embarrassment. Can you imagine Peter going out and putting his hand over his eyes? And then they go have to row out. I can imagine all the guys at sure going, Crazy Peter going out again. This guy's nuts. But then he gets out there. And I can imagine him saying, Alright, obviously you don't know what fishing looks like. And you just want to see the procedures. Because that's all that's going to happen here, okay? Because there are no fish out here. What we do is we take the nets. We drop them over the side fish are supposed to be there but they're not because they're at the bottom but however this is how it looks and this is where you hold the nets there and nothing's coming and we feel nothing because there are no fish there do you understand now can we go home and then all of a sudden jesus looks at peter and he goes hey peter i know what's wrong you see you have your net on the wrong side of the boat if you would simply pick your net up and put it on the other side, <laughs> you catch fish. I imagine Peter going, really? <laughs> really? You really think six, eight feet over, there are fish under the brim of the water going, shh. <laughs> <laughs> They've got their nets on the wrong side. They don't know we're over here. <laughs> They'll never know Trust me Jesus That's not happening But Because you say so We will And they pull their nets up Can you imagine all the guys back at shore Peter What are you doing You think there's fish On the other side of the boat You really have gone mad Haven't you Yes but he pulls them up. He drops them over. You guys know the story. He drops the nets over. All of a sudden, the nets fill with fish. And Peter's like, what you? We have fish. Pull that net up. And they're pulling it up. Drop it again. They drop it down again. Pull it up. There's more fish. The Bible says they fill the boat full of fish to the point where it starts to sink. Peter realizes, I got another boat back to shore." He's like, Hey, get that boat out here We got fish Not that side The other side Put an X on it That's the sweet spot side now And the Bible says If both boats fill so full of fish All of a sudden All the guys laughing at him back at shore I bet they jump in their boats Get the nets Crazy Peter was right Get out there They're rowing out as fast as they could They had fish. And then all of a sudden, both boats, the Bible says, so full, barely make it back to shore. And it hits Peter. Peter's like, I'm a professional fisherman. I know my trade. I know how to catch fish when there's fish there. This wasn't about my skill. All of a sudden, Peter was aware. The difference was the presence on the boat. presence on the boat made all the difference. You see, that boat represented Peter's life. And the presence on his boat made all the difference. When Jesus said, Peter, will you lend me your boat? He was really saying, Peter, will you lend me your life? Let me put my presence on. We'll catch far more together than you could ever catch on your own. We'll get far more than you could ever get. Peter doesn't realize that yet. The Bible says he gets back to shore and it hits him what just happened. It hits him whose presence he's in. And the Bible says he drops to his knees and he looks at Jesus. And he says, Jesus best thing for you to do right now is just go away you're too good I'm way too bad I'm too big of a sinner too big of a hothead you just need to go right now the best thing you could do is Jesus just go the best thing for both of us is you just go you stay around me I'll disappoint you I I disappoint everybody Jesus just go now Jesus looks at him and he says Peter you've been going after minnows your whole life I made you for the big catch I didn't make you to catch fish I made you to catch people and if you'll let me put my presence on you you'll go for the big catch and you'll bring them in. What did Peter want? Fish. What did Jesus give him? Fish. And then Jesus says something very simple. He says, hey Peter, follow me. Now if you really look at this, this is not a very big pitch. There's not a real great sales talk there. You know what I'm saying? He says, hey, Peter, just, just come and follow me. And the Bible says with that, Peter jumps up. He abandons the boat, and that's the fish. Probably the very thing he'd been praying for all night long the night before. He walks away from to follow Jesus. And then look at Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. What did he want as a tax collector? Money. I can imagine him there with a table full of money, and the Bible says Jesus walks past his table and says, Hey, Matthew, follow me. And the Bible says Matthew jumps up from his tables and ab- abandons everything. Everything. And follows him. Can you imagine these guys walking by their family members? Hey, where are you going? I'm following him. Did he say where you would go? No. How long are you going to do that? He didn't say that either. And what are you going to do? He didn't say that either. Why are you doing this? Because I know it's what I'm just born to do. I know when I saw him and when he said, follow me, everything inside just screamed out. I've got to be with him. I've got to do whatever he's doing. I've got to be a part of what he's a part of. You see, Peter wanted fish. You know what Jesus wanted? Because you say so, we will. We will. Everything Jesus is telling them to do Doesn't make sense It's crazy It's mad They're getting mocked over it It makes no sense whatsoever And yet they abandon everything To go do it They abandon everything To go to absolutely No understanding of what they're going to do But they just know Because the one they follow Is everything in the moment He's just carrying everything that they know You see Peter's boat represented Peter's life. And that was a prophetic... When Jesus looked at him and said, Will you lend me your boat? He's saying, Peter, would you lend me your life? And that was a prophetic picture with the fish that day. That Jesus was giving of Peter that would be fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. When Peter stood up and thousands came forward. Because the presence was on his life. Because the presence was releasing, was moving. The Lord is challenging us. Will you lend me your boat? Even when it doesn't make sense, even when you may look foolish, will you lend me your boat? Even when you don't understand the task, will you lend me your boat? One day, We had had, every year I have to, I do a talk about sex in our church. And it's a two-part talk. We have a part one week and a second part the next week. And basically, to sum up the talk, it's sex is made between a man and a woman in marriage. Sex outside of marriage is sin. God has a great plan for sex. Sex is to be enjoyed. It's to be enjoyed the way that God intended it and made it to be. And that's well, that's the summation of the two week talk right there. And so we had this this uh, several young ladies. We had the, this guy who was the number three guy in the Latin Kings. The Latin Kings is the largest gang in Chicago land outside the Mafia. And um, this number two guy, his girlfriend, his living girlfriend, had been coming to our church. His street name was Hitler. And uh, she had been coming to our church and. I got up and I talked that one week on the first part, part one of sex outside of marriage and what, it, what that meant and how God wanted to bless sex and what it's supposed to look like. And I, and I got up and shared that. Well, she goes home to Hitler and she says, I'm not having sex with you anymore. Because Robbie said sex outside of marriage is sin and it breaks God's heart because God has a better plan for sex and I'm not going to break God's heart. So I'm not having sex with you. Now you can imagine as she's saying those words. All of a sudden this warmth came over Hitler. Tears began to flow down his face. And he says, I love Robbie. <laughs> because you say so. We will. Let's do whatever that man says. The exact opposite is what happened actually. He looks at, he looks at her and he goes, you go tell that preacher I'm coming to church next Sunday, and I am going to come, I'm going to sit on the front row, and if he, if, he does, if he doesn't take it back, I'm going to pop him in the head, I'm going to shoot him in the head in front of his whole congregation. And she calls me, and she goes, Robbie, she's crying, she goes, you can't get up. She goes, he'll do it. She goes, he's a killer. She goes, please, don't get up to preach. She said, have Carlos Lopez, your worship pastor, get up and preach instead. <laughs> and I was like, that's your plan, that he gets popped in the head instead of me? I'm like, no, we're not going to change that. And I told her, I said, don't tell anybody about this. I said, I don't want to feed into that. And I don't want people being afraid. I said, he's not even going to show up. I said, it's a whole week between now and then. She called me on Monday. I said, he's going to be fine. I said, just, just don't worry. He, he won't even show up. So the next Sunday, I get up. Uh, and I, uh, the, our, our worship leader, Carlos Lopez, who's had also come out of the Latin Kings, he comes running upstairs. And his eyes are like this big. And he goes, dude, he goes, Hitler's downstairs sitting on the second row. And he's strapping he's carrying a gun. And he said, "Um, you, he goes, what do you want to do? And he goes, please don't ask me to disarm him. And I said, no. I'm sure we've had people bring guns in the church. I said, don't disarm him. I said, just leave him alone. I said, but let's switch up. Let me, let me do the announcements. Let's not have the other person do the announcements. And he goes, you want to do worship too? And I was like, no, (laughs) you do worship. I'll do announcements. And I said, it'll be fine. I said, we'll get up. I said, but just you know let's keep an eye on him and so he's like he's like okay and so uh we got up and and we do one worship song and then and then we do we do announcements then i preach and then we do, we go back into worship and that segues into ministry it's just how we do it and so um i i get up and and to do announcements and i gotta be honest i i was a little bit nervous and i'm like welcome to the vineyard it's good to have all you here today. We're so happy that you've come. And I was moving a little bit faster, you know. The bathrooms are here. Children's ministry there, you know. Just trying to make it not an easy target. And... But I, I looked down at him, and he was sitting on the second row. And he was sitting just like this. And he, he kind of had this, you know, brow all, you know, scrunched up. And, and I noticed I would walk here and walk here, and his eyes would never move. He would just like keep looking straight ahead the whole time. And he never flinched. He never moved from that position with his head cocked to the side. And I was like, the whole time I was preaching. And I was preaching on part two of sex, you know. And I was like, you know, kept watching him. Especially when I got to those parts again and recapping, you know. And he never moved. Nothing ever changed. Nothing. Ever, and I was like, okay, okay. And then finally it came to the end of service. And I just started calling for people who wanted ministry. And, and people who needed healing and things like that. People started coming up. And. Then all of a sudden I noticed that as he began to, as all of a sudden I started seeing him kind of shake his head and kind of do this. And he got up and he quietly walked out and he just left. And I was like, what was going on? You know? And so I called her the next day and I, or, or that evening and I said, hey, did he, did he say anything? She didn't come to church because she was scared. And she goes, no, he never said a word about it. She goes, he, he hasn't talked about it. He hasn't said anything about it. And I said, really? He hasn't said anything about it? She goes, no. She goes, every time I ask him, he just says, I'm not talking about it. And she goes, so I have no clue what happened. And so I was like, okay, okay. Well, several months passed, and Aurora did a huge roundup of the top 23 leaders of the Latin kings. And he was the number one guy they were after. And they had six murder charges against him. And so uh, I I, I saw that he had been arrested. And his brother, whose street name is Pistol Pete, he comes to our church. He's a drug dealer. And I walked up to him. I said, hey, I said, I want you to get word to Hitler that I'm coming to see him on Thursday in jail. And he goes, man, he goes, I can't get any word to them. He goes, they're in isolation. He goes, I can't get any word to him. I said, dude, don't lie to me. Tell him I'm coming. And he's like, okay, I'll tell him. And so I showed up. (laughs) I showed up the next Thursday. And I went in. And all of a sudden, the guard brought him in, the jailer brought him in, and he's he's shackled, his hands are shackled, his legs are shackled, you know, he's got the orange jumper on. And they come in, and man, I've never seen somebody so angry in my whole life. He's like this, and he walks in, and and he just kind of plops down, and he goes, what do you want? And I looked at him, and I said, well, I want to talk to you. And he goes, well, I want to talk to you. He goes, what did you do to me that day I came to your church? And I said, what? And he goes, what did you do to me that day? He goes, did you put some kind of hex on me or something? And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, as soon as I sat in that seat, I was frozen and I couldn't move. He said, my nose was itching the whole time and I couldn't scratch it. <laughs> he goes, as soon as I sat down, I could not move. And he goes, finally, when you started praying for people up front, I said, all right, if you'll just let me go, I'll get out of here right now. And he said, and then all of a sudden I was able to get movement back. And he goes, I got out of there right away. And I, he said, what did you do to me? And I said, I didn't do anything to you. I said, let me tell you something. I said, that was God stopping you from doing something stupid. And I said, dude, listen, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. And I started using really sort of basic street terms to help him understand. And I said, listen... It's like you've had this life you built for yourself and it's all jacked up and messed up and it's all broken and busted. You thought it was the best life, but you've completely jacked it up and messed it up. And I said, and now it's landed you here. And I said, and that's, what, that's your life. Your life is just like sitting there on the table. And I said, at the other side of the table, Jesus has this life that He's made you for. And it's the perfect life that your personality, everything has been made for. And Jesus is saying, let's just do an exchange. I'll give you the life you were meant for. You give me the jacked up life. And, we'll, uh, and I'll come inside of you. I'll be Lord. I'll, be, I'll you fill you. And I said, that's the deal God's got on the table for you. And I said, will you take the deal? And he looks at me and he goes, and he pushes away and he goes, that deal's not for me. He goes, that deal's for people like you and Mother Teresa and Billy Graham. He goes, that deal's not for me, Robbie. He goes, you don't understand. They think they know what I've done. He goes, those charges aren't even half of how many people I killed. He goes, they don't know. And he goes, I've gone too far. And I looked at him and I said, Hitler, I know what you're thinking. I said, but let me tell you something. I said, this part of the Bible is called the New Testament. I said, we call this the Holy Word of God. And I said, half of this portion of the Bible was written by a murderer. And he took the deal. And God used him to write what we call Holy Scripture today. And we follow as the voice of God. I said, Hitler, the deal. Still on the table. He looked at me and he dropped his head and he just burst into tears. He said, I'll take the deal. I'll take the deal. Right there. Right there we prayed. He gave his life to Christ. It was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever seen. And this man just began to weep. And his brother told me later, he goes, Robbie, I've never seen my brother cry. Never. He goes, I remember when my stepdad would beat him till he was half dead. And he never shed one tear at six years old. He said, I never saw him cry. And he goes, and I've never seen him laugh either. And as soon as we were done praying, Hitler just looks up and this huge smile comes across his face. And he started rolling his shoulders, and it was like right out of Pilgrim's Progress, if you've ever read that book. He just rolls his shoulders and he goes, It's gone. It's gone, and he starts giggling like a little kid. And I said, what's gone? He goes, it's like I had this massive rock strapped to my back, and when I said that prayer, it snapped right off. He said, all the hatred, the anger, all the rage, he goes, it's all just gone. He goes, it's really gone. And he just starts giggling right there. And we just prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill him. about that time, the guard comes and says, all right, time to go back to jail, to the prison cell. And Hitler jumps up, and he goes, yes, sir. And the guard looks at me like, what did you do? And he goes back with him. I would go back every week and we would sit down. He could barely read. So I bought him a children's picture Bible. And he would look at that in pictures as I would talk about Joseph and how that following the right thing, even when it's hard, is what pleases God and how telling the truth and not lying, how that following the word of God, how that forgiving others and going through and loving those and helping those and serving others and how this was, you know, living out and following Jesus Christ. And we would sit there and go over it. After the, a couple of months of that, he's sitting there with this, little children's picture bible as we were going through some of the stories and looking at the little cartoon characters and he looks up at me and he goes robbie and i said yeah and he goes i gotta get my story out and i said what and he goes robbie people don't know how far jesus will go he said they don't know how far jesus will go for them they just don't know. You could be so jacked up. It just keeps coming after you, even you with people that you threaten to kill. This love just doesn't stop. Because people don't know that, Robbie. They don't know how far Jesus will go. And I looked at him and I said, well, dude, I said, hang on. I said, because you telling your story could either get you the needle or it could get you popped by the kings. And I said, I don't want you to die. You know what he said to me? He grabbed that little children's picture Bible and he said, You told me they all died for this. You told me this was worth giving your life for and now you're telling me that I need to worry about mine? He said, Robbie, if I died today, spend the best two months of my life in this stinking rotten prison I have lived life like I've never lived it before and he goes if they took me out right now it's worth it and he goes people need to know I looked at him I said dude you get it oh that we as a church will get it the way that murderer got it And willing to spend himself. Oh, we'll take a bullet for Jesus. We just don't want to look stupid for him. I just don't want people to laugh at me and mock me. Are we willing to give it all as he did? Will you lend him your boat? Will you lend him your boat? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence and your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would fill this place with your presence right here, right now. And there's some of you here. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 40 years. It doesn't matter. But you're hearing this morning how that maybe there's an area where you haven't lent him your boat where you haven't given him your life and you just want to say lord i just want to invite you to every 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 bit of your presence on every part of my life my boat or maybe it's the first time if that's you just stand i just want to give you everything jesus i don't want to hold back anything From this day forward, I'm going to commit to pray for people when it doesn't make sense to me. When I don't know the outcome, I don't even know if they'll be healed. But today I'm responding because you say so, I will. No matter what. Oh, I see standing courageous people. Who could turn this city around for God's mighty glory? A courageous few who could start a revolution. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with the empowerment of your presence, fill these boats fill these boats with the power of your spirit and we commit to go for the big catch not to be distracted by the minnows to go for people come Holy Spirit fill us fill us some of you are feeling God's presence on you too and you're still sitting but you're feeling God's presence you're feeling the heat, the tingling you're shaking, your heart's racing you may be crying and you don't know why but if that's you and you're still sitting, just stand right now Holy Spirit's moving throughout this room more Lord more Fill us up. Let it spread. Let it spread. Many of you have been praying for revival. I have a word for you. You are the revival. For this city, you are the great move of God for this area. Christ in you is what they are crying out for. Be that breakthrough. Oh, Father, let that ruin us for the average, the mundane, and the ordinary capture our hearts with that vision. Fill us. If there's anybody here that's just a part of the ministry team of this church, I just want to invite you just to come up right now. Just those of you that the Lord is just stirring in your heart where you just feel just God pulling and just going, I need to do this. I need to step into this. And that's just been prompting you. I want to encourage you to come forward just for prayer. Maybe you need healing in your body too. You guys can just face out if you would. Just face these guys. Father, we just thank you. If you need a healing in your body, if you need a touch from God, God can heal you this morning. just want to invite you just to come up and just receive prayer here and now we're just going to close the service father i thank you for the reality of your presence i thank you for your power that is here and lord i pray that we may not walk out these doors and stay the same that we may not walk out these doors and go back to just life as normal but to be propelled into that place that our hearts rumble and stir and ache for a dying world that is crying out for its creator and doesn't even know it. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. If you're here for prayer, just turn to these guys who are here, standing here and just pray for them if you want prayer come forward if you have kids and children's ministry I'm sure they would appreciate by now you going to get them God bless you